Hey y'all, this is Bree, Victoria, and Tasha, and welcome back to another great episode of the Black Millennial Mamas Podcast. By now, you know that we are on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. So make sure you follow and subscribe to us on whichever one you use. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Black Millennial Mamas, so make sure you follow us on there. Disclaimer, Black Millennial Mamas is for everyone. We just so happen to be black millennial mamas our content is for everyone because every mother needs each other and a village we were made with the intention of celebrating motherhood but also sharing our experience while going through it also if you would like to be a sponsor on the black millennial mamas podcast email us at black at gmail.com or message us on facebook or instagram So on today's episode, we have a special guest. Um, She is a mom who's from Seattle, who has a very touching story that we definitely wanted to hear more about. So I'll let her tell, you know, tell her story. But in addition to that, we'll be talking about the tragic death of Tyree Nichols and the whole uh, Krishan Rock and Blueface debacle. I don't think we've ever touched on that, but here we go with talking about it today. So I like to introduce our guest, Misha Pitts. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi. Um, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you guys wanting to hear more about my story. Um, my name is Misha Pitts. I'm 30 years old. I am a mother of two, actually in the middle of adopting my younger sister, who is the same age as my eldest son, who is 11. Um, I live in Seattle. Do I I live in Seattle and um, I've just been through some really traumatic experiences recently. I feel like growing up, I was always kind of the girl who wanted to play and was very innocent, but um, maybe got myself involved with, I guess I would say like, I would follow my friends and my like cousins and they always had the hood dude as their boyfriend. So I would end up with like one of the hood dudes cousin or something just hanging out. And so even though I was like pretty innocent and just really didn't involve myself in the streets, I kind of have that element with being in a relationship with someone who kind of was out there a little bit or he was in the streets. So um, I found myself here, here I am 11 years later, I found myself being the mother of a son who lost his dad, a black boy who lost his father and trying to just navigate that um, in, in July of 2021. He was playing basketball and was unfortunately gunned down. And um, at that time, my son had a really hard time. My son is very smart. He's a good kid. Uh, Never really had any disciplinary issues at first. And then when that happened, I seen a whole other side of him. He was like 10 years old. He didn't understand how to navigate his feelings and his emotions. So on the days that I felt okay, and I felt like I could continue going on and navigating life, he had a negative day. So um, we worked really hard together to kind of get through that. And then um, as time has went on and we started healing, evolving and growing, um, I was faced with the unfortunate death of my 83-year-old great-grandmother. She's from Natchez, Mississippi, but um, moved to Seattle in the 70s. Um, My grandfather, what I've learned now is my grandfather had an episode of dementia, had a very um he far gone he was with we didn't know he had dementia ended up realizing later on as trial has went on he had dementia 
and he unfortunately shot my grandmother and killed her. He was 90, she is 83. I learned actually this Sunday of my grandfather's passing in jail. So that's new. Um, but yeah, those are some of the things that I've kind of been through in the last two years. So that's been a little difficult to deal with. That's a lot. That's really a lot to go through. So I'm sorry that you that you went through all that in just a short span of time. Um, when your son's father passed away, were you all in a relationship or were you not? Well, together? no, we hadn't been together since, um, I would say since I was about like 20 years old. Um, so it was, we actually had kind of split from one another and we actually weren't even in the best place. We were as of these last two, three years, but our relationship ongoing was kind of combative. And I think that where he and I both had the same standpoint is that we planned on being, you know, like at the graduation, looking at each other like, oh, I can't stand you. Or like being at my son's weddings. We just expected, I expected for him to continue to hold that space in my life. I wasn't expecting to lose him. So once that space is gone, that's what kind of like, when a lot of realization and a lot of truth came to light because it's like, I can't dislike you now because you're no longer here. So now I'm left with all these good feelings and all these good emotions and all these memories. And then on top of that, I have this son who doesn't see you because, you know, doesn't see you the way that I kind of saw you as a baby mama, baby daddy relationship. Because my relationship with Tashawn, what's his name, was not the relationship that my son had with his dad. So that was really hard. I kind of missed that because we were, we were really combative. We were same sign. So it's like, I plan on hating you. And I use the hate word loosely, hating you for the rest of my life. And now that I don't have you in my life anymore, I'm, I've thought about my baby daddy and baby mama relationships and how we should really do the best that we can to try to get along. Because when that person's gone, you don't have a chance to go back and fix. You don't have a, have a chance to go back and take back something disrespectful that you said. So that's something that I think about all the time. I've come to peace with it. I've, um, you know, prayed on it a lot. I've talked to him a lot, which is how I feel and just try to be the best mother that I can be. But I do think about that a lot. Even when I see Facebook relationships or like, you know, people will put their business on Facebook about how they feel about their baby daddy. And I'm like, don't mm -hmm. do that. You don't want to do that because you'll regret that. If you end up in my shoes, you'll regret that. Horribly. Definitely. I definitely kind of feel you from yeah. your standpoint because I'm kind of like similar in a similar situation okay. you know having my baby's father and he is in that type of culture he's not like yeah you know street gangbang but he's in the streets basically yeah so and and to know you know what he what he does and some of the things that he you know that he's done and not even thinking back that, you know, anything could have happened like to me yeah. if some stuff like came back. So it's definitely like, you know, it's definitely hitting me like right now. You're like your story. Yeah. So I definitely feel you. So as far as it goes to that relationship, I had to think about that too. Like my kid's father, he's not a street dude. Yeah. At all. Not even in the little bit, but he's put himself in a couple situations where I, I could have lost him. And so I had to step back and really be like, we could beef for real. We could really be beefing, but I'd rather our kids see 
as cohesive as a relationship as it possibly can be. Sometimes we don't get along for the most part. We are in a amazing space where we communicate regularly. Um, but I could only like, I'd probably be in pieces if something was to happen to him, honestly. Um, so I don't, I can't even like imagine the ideal of him being gone and then like all that resentment if I did have or what I do have yeah that's all I'm left with yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot to navigate in that way I do feel that I feel that all the time like this is what I'm left with but then I I remember before we had any issue before we had our ch our child how much he and I would laugh together and I think about his core values and how he would want me to raise my son. Um, I was able to get my son and big brother, big sister, which okay. has been nice. And so he has really started to liven up and brighten up again because he's kind of got himself, himself a mentor. And I just think that he's learned too about his emotions. He has a lot of siblings. So my son has a lot of siblings. So he also has them to lean on. Um, I'm really thankful for his dad's mother so my son's grandmother because she's I cannot even I'm like I'm strong but damn like she is so strong to be able to like still be a force in her grandchildren's lives and teaching me honestly as a black woman and as a just as a mother how to navigate losing somebody so close to you and still taking care of your life and going on so I'm thankful for the experience in hindsight but it has been a lot to think about because I've had to go through my own emotions. Like my son has his, but yeah, I was in pieces. You would have thought we were like dating because I was really broken because I was like, my son's about to lose his innocence. He's mm -hmm. gonna know what this world is way too early. And I also don't have, it's a difference when I don't wanna call your phone, but now I can't call your phone. There's nothing that I can do even when I need that. Yeah. And in addition to that, just losing your your grandparents, almost you've lost them both, really. So with you mentioned that your grandfather had dementia. So with that, him having dementia, that kind of what caused him to shoot your grandmother just kind of unknowingly because of uh, his mental state. Right. That's yes, kind of how that happened. I did not take that that way at first um, with the way that it happened. um it was just kind of like he he did that and then did not report it, didn't say anything. And we found out because one of our family members actually went over to the house and he said she's gone. And the next thing you knew, he was downtown playing, hey, this is what I did. We got into an argument. I don't feel sorry about it. So that was, mm -hmm. and those are the only things that we've ever heard from him. Mm. So, so you really didn't take closure on it at all no like the house is still sitting there there's nothing that we can get out of it do it's just toxic <laughs> it's like what the fuck like you guys just up and disappeared both of you but you said he's in prison well did you say he passed away he did he passed away this last sunday in July. oh no so never did that died. Yeah, so he never got out. Um, he was going to go to trial. He admitted it. So it's like, there's not very much that we need to say. And he, that was his stance. He's like, I said what I said. I did what I did. What you going to do about it? But my grandfather was already kind of like that in general. Like, he's very black and white type of person. There's no color. It either is or it ain't. 
that's just how, how he was. So I could, you know, at first that was really, really hard to deal with. And then they put all the details on the news and I'm a detail oriented person. So I was like, this is just way too much. But then as I've been through therapy and thought about it, I was like, nobody goes 30 to 40 years after being in a relationship with somebody and just decides at this point, you know, I've lived, we lived our lives, we've retired, we've paid off our house, we've done all these things. Okay, this is how it's going to happen. Like, I'm just going to take you out and take me out too. That's not, I know that in possibly in his heart, I would hope that that's not what he really wanted to do. And I would hope that you know, it was solely dementia that caused that to happen. Um, people may not like this specific comment, but what I have come to terms with is we can't, as family, I would hope that my my children, my family, I would have my stuff together to where things like this would be prevented, where we wouldn't be left alone in the house or um, we would have set caregivers and all of these, you know, I would have set caregivers and things. Because yeah. I just, like at a at, at a point it's like leaving two toddlers in the house together once you get old enough. Yeah. Um, me being in like the healthcare field, I work for Medicare retirement. Okay. Um, and just the mere like horror stories that I hear, like literally, it's something bad every day. Something yeah. bad every day. Mm-hmm. And it's like and I talked to my family as well about the importance of having power of attorney, executive estate, um, all of that information. If you don't have that, when your parent dies or a grandparent or some type of guardianship, they won't let you do anything. Mm-hmm. They won't let you do anything. And it's all going to go to the state and they're going to control it. Mm-hmm. So whatever they had in their banks, whatever, all of that is going to be tied up for years. Yeah. So it literally, the, these are conversations that are so important, like now, because yeah. like my parent, my, my mom and my dad, they're like 59 and 60. Mm-hmm. So like, like literally like my, me and my brothers and sisters, we're like super close tight knit. This is stuff that we like, actually we, we talk about like all the time. Like yeah. if your house is paid off, you need to put your house in a, a a trust fund because if you will it over to somebody they're gonna have to pay the taxes all over again on it mm-hmm. so you need to put in a you need to put in a trust fund so when you put in that family trust then mm-hmm. you know whoever's over the trust can do whatever you know legally with the house on what they can do like you know so like just just on that aspect you know stuff like that is super important and then also just on just like the mental aspect of just like reliving all of that stuff and you've seen it on the news and and you having to find out like the details off the news that's crazy that's crazy yeah like there's some stuff I'll tell you guys off off camera but like it's it was very very toxic it took me for a long time up until now like literally weeks ago just to be like listen this is in a lot of ways, this is a generational curse. We got to make, I have to make sure that in my family, and I'm sure all my other family members feel this way too, that I have it set up for my children and that in case of of these type of things, like what I would want to be done, because at that point, there was no reasoning with either one of them. They were like, yeah, we ain't leaving. So 
that becomes an issue and teaching even my kids now how I'm dealing with loss and how I'm dealing with grief. I feel like at a certain point, um, my therapist has told me something about dissociation. She's like, you get, you've been through so much that we believe that you have, that I've, I believe that you've disassociated yourself from trauma. You'll like detach yourself and that's your way of dealing with everything and keeping going, which I never heard of that before. But I was explaining to her, I'm like, it's like every time I picked up the phone in the last like three years, it was like a blow to the head, like something crazy was happening, somebody was dying, somebody died tragically. So I started to get a lot of anxiety. I didn't want to pick up my phone or if a, fam a close family member was calling me, I didn't know, I didn't want to know what they were calling for because I felt like it was just going to be something life altering or changing. And I didn't want to hear that anymore because I felt like I couldn't keep up and I couldn't. Like, what am I going to do? If, if I pick up this phone right now and somebody's going to tell me something that's going to change my life forever and I can't handle it, then what am I going to do? So it took me a long time to get out of that space. Yeah, and it's still semi, I won't say fresh, but it's with your grandfather just recently passing, yeah. you know, in jail or prison, it's still kind of reopening up that wound again. So it's almost like, how do you, deal with all the trauma I know you said that you're in therapy do you feel like that's just the start do you feel like it's helping like what are some other ways that you deal with all this trauma like do you feel like you picked up like did they diagnose you with PTSD like you know yes I've been diagnosed with PTSD um and I feel it even at work my boss will reach out to me I'm like oh this is the day I'm gonna get fired like I just I guess I carried so much internally that I did not know if I was projecting it out. And a lot of people were like, no, I would have never known that anything was going on. I wouldn't have ever known this. Um, I've always kind of been a person who could handle a lot and could carry a lot because I kind of always have. But how I've worked through it as an adult woman now, um, I've started reading. I'll journal once a day, at least. If I can't journal, if I feel too weak or too stressed out to journal, then I will voice memo something um sometimes it's hard for me I've learned that in my trauma sometimes it's hard for me to specifically sit down and write so I created an email and um that you know solely for me it's like Misha self journal at gmail and I just e I will pick up my phone real quick and email myself something and then send it off so it makes me feel like I've released it um I do a lot of talking with my friends and I've also decided to kind of talk about my trauma with other women because I didn't realize watching other Black women go through these things, you know, on social media, or we'll see a mom who's like, my son passed, and things like that. I started reaching out to women like that, and um, kind of creating conversations, and having that space to talk with other women who've been through what I've been through. Another thing was always, is honoring myself. I think with all the trauma that I've been through, I've never honored myself, and never got to do things like, I like, I wanted to go glass blowing, and I wanted to try hot yoga, so I started doing things that I have always wanted to do. And also just speaking out loud, I've, I've learned in my own grief that our family members that pass on are just as invested in us on the other side as they are in heaven, as they are or were here when they were on with us. So I started talking to them. Like today I need strength. I'm really stressed out. I need your help. Or, you know, specifically with Tashawn, I'll talk to him and say, you know, I'm struggling today with Kaden. He seems like he's really missing you. I really need you today to wrap your arms around him, let him know that you love him, or, you know, something like that. And that really brings me a lot of peace. 
That's awesome. That's a good response. Definitely because, you know, kind of how like we have our podcast, I kind of feel like the same as you because, you know, sometimes I don't get to talk to, you know, Bree or my friends every day. So when we get on this podcast, we talk about, you know, topics. It's like a release, just like you said, you know, and just like to get that weight up off your shoulders. So it's definitely that, that's definitely um some good things that I can keep in mind like the email that's that's Mm -hmm. something that I've never heard of or like similar to like writing down like um things that you want to like dismiss or get rid of and like you know like releasing it or burning the paper so Mm -hmm. that's a different way as well so yeah those are some some really good tips that I can keep in mind um is your son in therapy he is. He's been in therapy since. So one of the things I immediately did, my sister too, because my sister's with me, um, kind of placed outside of her home as well. So like they both are in therapy. Um, I also got them moving because that was something that someone told me. I think the therapist told me like, get them moving, get them into sports, get them into something. Um, my son likes to write little skits. So he'll write a skit out or he thinks he's funny. So he likes to do comedy. So he writes out his little comedy skits and um, he reads, um, he has an amazing therapist. She's actually through his school district. She's an African-American woman. She has uh, given my son some books from written by children on losing their fathers and stuff. She's been a great resource for him. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. So sweet. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I I'd be surprised how much, you know, therapy helps the children too. So that's why I'm like, yeah it does it helps a lot my sister likes to do the drawing she'll talk while she's drawing and my son just likes to he's kind of like me kind of taught him when he was young to just talk so he'll be like listen I feel this way yeah he's real open to it let it out baby let it out (laughs) (laughs) so with you dealing with you know the passing of your um your son's father and I know you said you did have a daughter so are you currently in a relationship are you currently dating is it something where you're like and like I don't know if I can put myself back out there again like that Uh, I don't mention it because um it's less traumatic in in a way and I kind of feel like I've dealt with it so I have my grandmother so if I can put it in perspective I have my great-grandmother that is the one that just passed she was 83 years old and then I had my grandmother her name was uh Bobby um she passed when I was seven months pregnant she suddenly, very suddenly, um, she had like kidney failures. So when my grandmother passed, um, I started to go through a lot because I was pregnant. I'm like seven months pregnant. First of all, high risk pregnant. I had to take insulin because of how bad my gestational was. She. So then I had um, Mariah and yes, I was with her father and we have kind of been trying to just, I think he's just been giving me my space. We've been trying to navigate that of what that even means because- this has been too much for me. Um, it was too much for me when I took on my younger sister. I was like, okay, so now I got to raise this girl. And then now I'm pregnant with this baby. And then I found out she was a girl. And it prepped me and it helped. I couldn't live without my sister right now. She's only 11 years old, but she is my little rock. She's everything to me. Um, so I'm kind of, I think we're kind of, he's an amazing father. He's a great co-parent. He's always there for me if I need him for anything. But as far as like me, I can't think outside of myself, let alone try to like be a care partner like for another person or be a partner right now. So I think that 
you know, he, I love him. He loves me, but right now he knows that I'm not, I'm not here right now mentally. So, but we still do things. We still, we're, we're cool. That's good to even have someone that's understanding to know like, Hey, I'm going through some stuff right now. I yeah. need my space. I don't know if this is something that I want to drag you down with. Like, cause you're feeling oh, down, man. you got to figure out you before you can <laughs> tell him how to yeah. like how to help you when you're dealing with things like let me figure out how to navigate this and mm -hmm. then so without having all these you know extra titles like you're already a mom yeah. you work and then it's like okay now you got to be a girlfriend and now you're like something got to give I can't not be a mom like you know what I mean so it's like well something got to give I got to pull back in one area to focus on like you said focus on all of this and your mental yeah because Otherwise, you just get distracted and have so many other things going on where it's like you can't balance it all and you have to be able to balance it. So that's good that you also have a good, strong relationship, mm -hmm. um, you know, that he's understanding of that. Yeah, I think he deserves to have somebody who's like able to be a good partner. I'm, right now, I'm like, I couldn't even be a good partner to myself. There were days I'm going to keep it all the way real where I couldn't even get up and shower because I was just like, what? I even couldn't even go to the bathroom based upon details of my grandmother's bathroom. I couldn't even go to the bathroom on my own. I had to have my 11-year-old go to the bathroom with me because I was scared to go in the bathroom by myself. It was really weird. But um, I think that he's not used to this person. I'm not the same person that I used to be by far. I mean, I just think with age as well as all this other stuff. So I think that I got to figure out who the hell I am first because I gotta find my own identity to know who I'm gonna be in a relationship. And yeah. Oh, but that's yeah. that's real though. Yeah. You definitely gotta learn yourself to, you know, be with someone. You need to learn, you know, how you wanna be loved, how you wanna be talked to, how you wanna be appreciated. Yeah. And then definitely now, since you've been all through this traumatic, that traumatic journey, like yeah. everything's upside down, you know, things have changed. Yeah. So I'm just glad that he's willing to, you know, give you that time and space yeah. to let you get your own understanding of yourself. Yeah. We were like best friends first, so it totally makes sense. He's always going to be my friend. So it's so weird that even like when we're not like, you know, together or intertwined with one another, we still coexist in the house the same. Everything's fine. It's nothing crazy. So I'm thankful for that. I'm really thankful. I have had times, I think even on Sunday, he was like, you tripping? And I'm like, because I just, I had just found out about my grandfather and I was just like lashing out. And he was like. <laughs> I'm glad that you're like seeking and, you know, yeah. trying to process everything. You're in therapy because that's the first step. Some people are in denial when they go through a lot of tragic events. So that's good that you're open enough to be vulnerable to talk with someone about that. So we, we certainly hope that you still, you know, you keep getting the help that you need and just keep being able to navigate through the everyday life of being a mom and and all of that. Also, how how old is your daughter? I know you said your son she is he eleven? Almost two. So she'll be two in April. Oh almost two. Yeah. I know you guys can't like I know this is just audio, but I'll show you a picture. You so cute. Oh, oh she's so cute. Oh. Baby. I love her so much. She looks just like my son, Loki. <laughs> His birthday's in April, so he'll be too April 15th. So, oh, little Aries, baby. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she rolls her eyes right now. I'm like, girl, what is yep. that? Taylor <laughs> does too. He just makes these frowns. He's like, I'm like, what you looking at? Like, what is you looking at? Crazy, son. Like, what is this? <laughs> oh, but it's so adorable. I love it. Do you think that you want to have, you know, down the line, would you want to have more kids? I know you say you, you're in the process of adopting your little sister, so they'll put you at three kids. Ooh. So do you, do you feel like, uh, I can do one more if I'm in another relationship or, you know, you just think, like, I'm good. I'm very strict. I don't play. Like, I do not play about school, about home, like just I guess the fundamental things that are going to make you a, a functional human, especially when you're, you know, a college roommate or somebody's husband or somebody's wife or just even for yourself. So I honestly think that I could, I think I could in different circumstances though. Like um, I really, like one of my top goals is I want a part-time nanny so bad. Like I want one so bad. Help me because I want my kids to do stuff. I want this one to be in swimming and this one needs to be in like coding and then this other one needs to do this. So I feel like if I I feel that. I'm sorry. I wish I had a nanny to to help with all the other stuff, all the extracurriculars and things like that. Yes. Help me be twice the mom that, you know, I would love to be for sure. So I think I could if I had that type of assistance. That's my goal. I'm like, I'll stay working my job. I love my job. You know, this is more like a passion project type thing for me to help other Black women. But if I could afford a man. Well, I wanted to ask, like, um, like how was your um, son's relationship with his father? Because I know you were saying, like, you know, you guys had a love-hate relationship. Yeah. But then you stated that, like, your son like adored him basically he so did. how was his relationship with him first of all it's creepy i'm gonna say it that way because uh, he looked just like the man like what did i do <laughs> it's a stretch box what happened um but they always had a really really close relationship like always had a close relationship they would play um they did spend time together um my son's always had his dad's family in general like all of them so their relationship was really close. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I feel like Kaden and my son's name is Kaden. Kaden and Tashawn were like the same person almost, like very goofy, um, very geeky, like very geeky. Tashawn, till this day, is like one of the smartest people I've ever met. And my son is very geeky, just like that. So I feel like they really understood each other in a lot of ways. So their relationship was very, very close. Um, Tashawn, of course, he and I did not live in the same household, so it's not like, you know, he was there every day, but he does have other children as well, so it's kind of like, you know, he was there as much as I feel like a man who had a youth. I definitely understand. Well, that's good. That's the, I, That was just pondering on my mind, how the relationship was. Oh, and then one more question about your grandfather that passed in jail. Yes. So, like, did he like so i know he had dementia so did he understood did he understand what he did you know because some people with dementia like when they're like when when it's like bad it's bad it's just like they don't understand what they're doing they don't they just don't understand um so like how far was how far was he going when he did it um, so my grandfather was 90 and he battled with health issues. I want to say, um, 
I don't know, since I was in like high school. So like for the last like 15 years, I would say I kind of seen signs of um just health issues. Like he had mm-hmm. cancer a few times. Um, but my grandpa was really quiet. He was a real quiet person. He was really into gardening. He would sit, I just remember a lot of the times he would be sitting in the kitchen and he'd be like, you know, cutting up strawberries and stuff and melons and all these things. And um, I'd sit there and talk to him and just talk to him about really nothing. Never really had any, um, like, as I got older, we never really had, like, real conversations mm. um, other than just how you doing, how's this going, and stuff like that. Um, but I really want to say, like, the last time I, like, looked at him when he was laying in bed, um, I had to be present with Mariah. It was when I back the last time I really, like, talked to him, laid eyes on him because he got real sick. Um, and my grandma was real protective over him. She really didn't want anybody messing with him. She wanted to make sure she was his caregiver. So um, I really feel like it was bad, honestly. Mm. I feel like it was real bad. The Black community needs to do a better job of knowing that, if that makes sense. Like checking, knowing, getting, because I feel like a lot of the time it's, ain't nothing wrong with them, or oh, they're fine, or oh, they just getting all this. Like, no, there's no way. I just feel like me at 30, I forget things all the time. So I can't say at 90, I feel like it was real bad. And they didn't think to just put him in like a mental institute instead of just take, instead of him just going straight to jail since it's, since, okay, he's 90, he probably has dementia, like it's highly likely. Or I know you mentioned that he hadn't went to trial yet, but I would think that would he even have to still go through that process because he's 90. So they did, certain. Yep, they did find him incompetent. So they did find that he could not go. Um, but I think that grandpa, um, I think that because of his age, they didn't necessarily take him to jail, but he was a, what do you call it? An inmate in the hospital of the jail. So like the infirmary. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. I mean, I know he, I understand. I had to learn too. Mother, but mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> but he had dementia, like, you don't have to just throw them in general population. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like thinking like, 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 like yeah. Like he so. is ninety. Like, come on now, and he's he has dementia. But I understand it was just kind of certain particulars with the with what happened. So I mean, I was just concerned with that. I don't know how common or uncommon this is. I hear people now talk about dementia all day long. Oh, my auntie has dementia. Whatever. But before that, it wasn't something that was talked about for me. So I had to learn just like, you know, kind of how you're like, oh, so what are they going to do with them and how? I had to navigate all that too when it first happened. I was like, what is this like? What does this mean? Say, my, uh, my great-grandmother had dementia and she was around up until I was like 11, 12. Yeah. Um, so I dealt with the, uh, she didn't know who anybody was, uh, sunset syndrome, all of that. Um and then uh, somebody else I knew had dementia. And then I have to deal with it with my job a lot. So um, I work for the VA. And um, so a lot of veterans, especially older ones, get dementia a lot, um, especially if you have like head trauma and things like that. Um, so I have to deal with that a lot. And family members call in to switch over um, their power of attorneys and stuff like that so that they can have control of that type of thing. But in the black community, I will say it is not. Yeah, people talk about it. You know what I'm saying? They'll just be like, "Oh, he's okay," but you know what I'm saying he freak out when the sun go down. Like you gotta, that's that's those are warning signs, and typically, 
I believe they say once you start showing signs of dementia, which is like usually like forgetting where you place something yeah. or things like that, at that point, it's kind of too late to even have any inter interventions into it to kind of reverse it at that point. They say you can have dementia as early as your 40s and yeah. not show signs until you're like 60. Wow. Because it's a deterioration of your brain. Yeah, he was a veteran. He was a veteran. A veteran. You'd be surprised how many people have like head traumas that cause dementia. That is crazy. That's yeah, it's so sad because, sad. like I said, so she, because just like Vic, she worked in the health field. So, like I said, it's like I hear something sad almost every day yeah. on the phones. Like, it is like we definitely, as a community, we definitely need to get together and like like our, like I said with our parents and stuff like that checking on them making sure they go into the doctor not only with ourselves but like you know checking up on ourselves but you know checking up on your parents as well making sure they doing doing what they're supposed to be doing you know and then also having you know those things set up okay well when you get a certain age okay you know what do you want to do do you want to you know live with us do you want to get put in a home do you want to have a hurt uh do you want us to hire a caretaker, things like that? You know, some of those are hard questions because, you know, us as Black people, we think we're untouchable. Yes. We can live forever. Ain't nothing going to happen. That's the reason why so many people don't have life insurance. You never know what's going to happen. I think you'd be you the know. same too. You know what I'm saying? Like, even with, um, with Kennedy's diagnosis, like, they knew not to tell me like they were like well we think it's this but you know we don't want to you know because some people get upset about it you know what i'm saying so i think it's just in general anytime there's some type of diagnosis with within the black community it's just like a shun like no 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 there's nothing wrong with it they're fine and it's like no he needs yeah. help he needs to be in a facility he needs to be somewhere where people can handle those types of issues um like a prime example was with my grandmother. Um, it became too much for my mother taking care of my grandma all the time. Yeah. yeah I'm brushing over there because she's about to pass out because she's her blood pressure is through the roof. And I'm like, yo, like I had to sit her down and I'm like, I, if something happens to you, then I have to take care of you and her. And I need you to take care of yourself so that you can take care of her. I'm like, obviously this is becoming too much for you and she needs to be in a nursing facility. And she didn't want to do it. And a lot of our family members like, no, she doesn't, but it was too much and nobody else was helping. Yeah. So some y'all not gonna put my mama in the hospital. Yeah. Well, I ain't got evil. We got we got a problem. <laughs> so I think that it's really just like we we get this ideal that like we're supposed to damn near kill ourselves to do for others within our reality that's the point of having these facilities and these trained professionals yeah to help you through these times that's what i wish would have happened i think when we talked about that mention that they're like well they don't want to they said no it's like well yeah because they're at that point where we didn't have that back then in place and now yeah they're able to say no that they don't want to but they don't know what's good for them at this point mm -mm. Yeah, like too far gone.
thank you so much, Misha, for uh, being vulnerable and transparent with us about your story and how you, you know, how you're navigating through everything. Uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we go get into some um, entertainment nonsense with Blueface and Krishan. And we'll also talk about the tragic death of Tyree Nichols. So stay tuned, y'all. And we'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. So we wanted to touch on these Harry Nichols uh, tragic death with the Memphis police officers. So I'll toss it to Vic and let her kind of um, pretty much give us a little bit more insight about it for those who don't know about it. Tyree Nichols was a 29-year-old Black male um, that was pulled over January 9th by the police for a quote-unquote reckless driving. He tried to run away, uh, but then eventually was caught and beaten by several officers, all technically five officers, um, all Black. Crazy. Um, uh, police said on August 8th that Nicholas was taken into custody um, after the traffic stop, after the uh, two interactions with the officers. Um they said he fled the scene, but at that point, I truly believe he was running for his life. Uh, I personally have not watched the video. I know we just talked about this. I haven't watched the video. I can't watch videos like that anymore after the whole Mike Brown incident. And mind you, that was back. My kids were little when that happened. So I just can't. It seems like every day, every week, there's some type of interaction that comes on the internet and it's extremely traumatizing. It gives me anxiety, especially having little black boys. Um, so he was eventually taken to the hospital and he died January 10th um, from his injuries. The five officers were then immediately fired and were charges were pressed against them. Um, from what I can see, there were a lot of peaceful protests, no... Um, Nothing severely, you know, property damage or anything happened. But what I want to say is that I find it extremely interesting that when it's a white officer in these type of situations, it's administrative leave. But we have five black officers and they were immediately terminated. And I believe that they thought they had a code of justice or a code between them that thought that would shield them from their, um, their actions. Yeah, but what they don't understand is, is that that badge don't protect black people. Mm -mm. Whether you're behind it or in front of it, it does not give you any type of pass. And, and it's so crazy because that's what I was just saying. I was like, they were so swift. That the only That's the main issue that I had. They were so swift because they didn't even, you know, give it time. Oh, you know, if it was a white person, oh, we have to investigate it. Um, they're going to be just on administrative leave um, with pay until we figure out what's happening. And then they're still on administrative leave with pay um, until the court case, until, mm -hmm. you know, they're proven, still proven. And they, and they be fighting tooth and nail um, to show how in, in in that time frame when they're on administrative leave how they're a good person they're 
they they do this in their community, do that in their community. But as soon as it's five black males, swiftly fired, terminated, reprimanded, all of that's but we but we don't get that and we don't get that when it's a white officer though. We don't get that. That's the reason why you don't get peaceful protesting. That's that's the reason why we you know we get fed up and we get tired and you know things turn reckless because it's like y'all y'all don't care. I just say, you know, when the shoe is on the other foot, y'all need to y'all need to take these actions the same way with the opposite color. Just to let you know for example real quick, these yeah. are their charges. Um second degree murder, aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping, official misconduct, and official oppression. And I just want to say something one of the people's name is Emmett. Emmett Martin the third. You named after a tragic incident, after a young man's tragic incident. And then you mm-hmm. played a part in one. And you played in a part in somebody else's. And and your last name. You said his last name was King. No, it's Martin. It's, it's Martin. Oh, Martin. Okay, so that's why I got this. So you got <laughs> Emmett too. Girl, you, you was really trying to connect. Like, is he a king? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you was like, really trying to connect those guys that were killed by the government or white people. And I just did my research with the whole Rodney King beating. White officers, black man, they got acquitted. They went to court, they got acquitted. So that means they probably could still live on with their life. They said that this video reminded them, or if not worse than the Rodney King beating. Mm. Yeah, well, I would say I worse can't. because this man died, because Tyree died. Right, mm-hmm. King was still living up until a few years ago, but he didn't die from those injuries when he got beat. But yeah, this was worse because this man died. And, so and if y'all look at the videos of that man, he he looked no more than he a buck fifty with. Yeah. He is a thin, tall black man. So and y'all five hefty black asses beat that man to death. Mm-hmm. When you look at their pictures, all of their asses got weight on them. So why would you let out all of the aggression on that man? And I I'm think glad. It was I'm glad. I'm glad they put y'all asses. Yeah, they they basically made y'all an example. Yeah. No, no, they made I- y'all an example, but it is. It, it's it's like it's a double edged sword, basically. It's not a I'm real. I'm glad example. that they got their asses. But I'm just like, why did it take five black men to I don't, make it a, an example? To do that to your own kind too, like y'all, all five of yeah. y'all beat beat this man. Like it's took all like like Tasha, these five big black husky ass dudes. Y'all beat y'all own kind. That's why I'm like, it got to be a moment. They was probably like, oh no, here this nigga go right here. Mm-hmm. We done found him. Mm-hmm. Whatever the issue was, whatever the relationship was prior, it, it seems like it was motive driven because ain't no way in hell. What if this what if this man did it wasn't like he was talking shit back to y'all or nothing? It was just um, he like y'all doing the most right now. I'm telling like, y'all. It, like I said when we weren't talking when we was in between, it reminds me of I said boys in the hood, but that wasn't true. Um 
the wood that that police interaction with the wood like it don't even be it just it be that that self-hate it be the mm-hmm. fact being that you got this badge so you think you above the law when just because your white counterparts can get away with things that you thought you could get away with you we are set at a completely different standard than other people and they thought that that standard didn't apply to them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just as soon as it was like let me watch this they put that usher watch this your ass got <laughs> in charged extremely quick they, they, they didn't even hesitate mind you mike brown george floyd uh sandra sandra bland that we was fighting tooth and nail for these people to get charged you know what i'm saying and these were white officers and we got video we have several videos showing situations and what happened and they like like tasha said nah well we don't know like we gotta dig we gotta dig. we got we got 17 videos online right now showing from different angles what happened but this situation it was y'all beat this man fuck y'all black we just gonna fire your ass and charge you within within it, Jan- january ain't even over yet i ain't mm. never seen that happen that fast <laughs> now like you said they're trying to make it they trying to make an example out of them so that means oh like we're holding police is. accountable that's weird all right so after this the, <laughs> the white police officer killed a, a black man black woman y'all y'all keep the same energy that that y'all did to these memphis black officers and then we're gonna see we that's gonna all see, i say y'all... keep that same energy that's all that's all i'm that's all I'm gonna say. Keep that same motherfucking energy. It's sad. Prayers to his it family because it's like you can't bring your son back. Mm. They took something away from you that you'll never be able to get back. And the fact that he was on his hospital bed and they said he's on his hospital bed, don't let nobody see that video. That's what he said. He's like, don't let anyone see that video. And of course, like he's gone now and they need to, they want a sense of justice to be brought to his case but it's like even he didn't want video out there because he's like they he probably like they beat me so bad like like real talk it's it's sad it's unfortunate that we still dealing with this and these men these black men it's like really y'all like y'all just had to do that to this end to this to this black man all all of y'all it took all of y'all like you said he about a buck fifty. Uh-huh. That's it. Y'all niggas all that man was so thin and so small. Man. On top of the five police officers, there were two fire department employees that were also relieved of duty because they were involved in the initial patient care. So at some point they failed to give him care that probably would have kept him here. Which is probably when they booked him, when he should have went to the hospital after that beating. This is ridiculous. So aside from people being, you know, like aside from them being police officers, what do you think it is about some African-American people where they feel like they just better than other African-American people? Like even as, even with them being police officers, it's like they really thought that they were going to get away away with this for whatever reason. Like I just, sometimes I wonder what is it about people that are like, yeah, you black, but you ain't my type of black. Like I'm above you. No, it's it's when they it is whoever they hang around in that circle, 
mm-hmm. you know, when if they if they're around a bunch of cops and those cops are white, those cops think, oh, okay, it's just like how how can I put it? So you know how like you work a job, you have like co-workers and everything like that and you get real chummy with your co-workers and you think that you're comfortable enough to do something in front of, do something in front of them it's yeah. kind of like how that same issue goes oh well if they can do it oh, i'm gonna try it too yeah uh, i'm gonna give i'm gonna get protected no it don't work like that because like i said you're not gonna be you're that badge don't work like that mm-hmm. just because you're behind that badge don't mean that you're gonna get protected like them other folks i think that it'd be the ideal of being as close to whiteness as possible mm-hmm. I think that when if you have things like we have things that white people have like like that type of power you know what i'm saying being a police officer is a an association of power um when you have that they think that okay i have a a sense of power i have a sense of authority people have to listen to me and it's like i don't know how many videos i've seen of black officers being pulled over off duty on duty you know what i'm saying and they're baffled confused like (laughs) i work for the same department you work for yeah did y'all see that video that um that black um he was um he was in the army the military man that was on duty clothed in his uniform and and still was getting questioned i have to look it up i i don't because i know he's uh sued the city i have he only got like six or seven it wasn't it wasn't that much i want to say he requested like two million and he got a couple thousand basically yeah but all I have to say, I think it's about being as close to whiteness as possible because people associate whiteness with power. And when you have black men, uh, a lot of black men who want to have power and feel like they don't have control in a lot of their situations and environments, um, they tend to try to take power. And um, unfortunately, it ends with this, these types of scenarios. A lot of times this is what we see on a day-to-day, you know, living in the hood and stuff. Like, it'd be about power. So, unfortunately, this type of thing happens when you believe you have power. Oh, I don't even know what to say about it. I couldn't watch the video. I saw it on the shade room. I couldn't watch it. I just didn't know how to feel. I didn't know if, like, even with my own trauma that I'm going through now, I was like, can I even stomach that? Do I have the mental capacity for this because I feel like there's been a couple this week not only just him this is just a black on black um situation but I feel like I've seen I've heard about multiple this week I'm like oh no 2023 is trying to start up I see all right last but not least we I guess wanted to or felt the need to talk mm-hmm. about uh Chris Shine and Blueface Rock is what I called them so yeah, I'm, if you have, if you don't know, they're literally always constantly trending because they have a very toxic relationship. Recently, they um, it was out in the media that she was out wedding dress shopping, and meaning that her and Blueface was gonna get married. Come to find out, they was just shooting a music video that dealt with like her getting married and stuff. So I think a lot of stuff that they do is for clout, unfortunately. 
um I think it's like she kind of tries to like say like oh babe this or come on let's just get this money let's get this money and to me it seems like it's it's kind of a business relationship but at the same time her heart is in it too but sometimes I feel like she tries to portray like man we just trying to get this money we don't care but it's like but you got this nigga tatted on you like seven different times like it's more than just that it's more than just oh business like you didn't you didn't beat his mama ass, his sister ass, his ass, and he beat your daddy ass. So everybody getting their ass beat. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's really like y'all against the world. And it's just become so toxic for a second. And I like felt sorry for her. Like, man, she needs a little bit of guidance because everybody looks at her as she's the problem. But I feel like he antagonizes her. Like when they're in interviews and they're asking difficult questions and instead of like telling the person who's getting an interview like hey can we move forward because she can't really decide but she's like man no because man it's a lot right now these questions is hard and then the whoever's interviewing them is like well what makes it hard and just kind of antagonizing her and it's like clearly if it's a difficult question if you with your girl be on her side and be like let's just move on this question make her uncomfortable it's like but no i mean he just be egging on like oh yeah they got a good point why do you do that yeah why do you do that and it's like the people who be interviewing them really, I think, don't be having a good motive. I think that they try to kind of get where her mind space is at, but at the same time, they know that she's missing a few screws. She is she got a, she she's missing a few cells at the top. And she's also been through a lot. And what she's been through is a mirror of her relationship with Blueface. Like her mama and daddy um had a toxic relationship. He tied her mama to a tree and like beat her up. Like it's real bad and even now like her her mom i think is still on drugs her dad i don't think is 100 percent in the best state of like the best mental state so it seems like she thinks that a good relationship involves violence and toxicity and it's not and i just hope that girl get help and she can get all them tattoos removed because this man ain't doing nothing but using her because it seems like she's getting more stardom than he is he's kind of taking advantage of that and they know that anything they do it ends up on the shade room on hollywood and lock on on every blog site and it's almost like we got and they feed off the clout so it's like our best thing is just to ignore them like oh they're doing some super shit not not paying attention not listening not seeing it's almost like we have to ignore them because they feed off of that shit so i think it's unfortunate it's stupid i'm about tired of hearing about them the next thing i want to hear is that they broke up and that she in therapy somewhere for her mental and i think she's low-key on drugs but yeah but the thing is ain't she didn't she say she was pregnant too yep. that part don't think it's 100 true i i think if i i think she probably was but then uh, like maybe she had a miscarriage or because they said right when she announced it she got into a fight with somebody that same day and somebody came out with a story like she got a sister or somebody who's pregnant right now. So she probably used a pregnancy test. And I don't know. This girl is crazy. It's like she want to keep blue around, but talk about the baby mama. Like, oh, you just a baby mama. It's like, cool, that's what you're going to be in about nine to 10 months. So what's the difference? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, he just, she just there because she got a baby by him. Yeah, but it seems like they actually like each other. They still love each other. Baby mama just waiting on him to come on back home. So uh -huh. overall toxicity. I don't know if y'all seen videos of them talking to like him talking to her. He'd be like, You a bitch, you can't do what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like he talked to her like that. 
and then she'll be like don't talk to me like that and then it could be a tie between reactive abuse and her being the abuser him being the abuser like it don't it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me and like i said this is about as bad as seeing nick cannon on damn popping up with a baby every other day and yeah. oh, oh, so you know what i'm saying it's just i can't tell they they sit there and say they're like they'll as soon as they get on set for interviews they will immediately give her liquor um, oh, why kind of trigger her up? The monster. They know, they know. Once she get turned on, she finna start wrecking stuff. Like they, it's like they, 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 they know they how to it get on purpose. her there. Mm-hmm. So, they doing it on purpose. Yeah, I can't tell. I really can't tell who's a toxic person, or if they are just using each other, or if he. Because they said that I was looking at something. And they said that Krishan was on that whatever show he had mm-hmm. and she got put off and then the views dropped. Mm-hmm. And so they brought her back. Mm-hmm. And so since then, she's been with him since then. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell who it is, what's going on. It's honestly tragic. It's sad because she popped up to say she's pregnant. He on Twitter talking about some dead baby ain't mine. Uh, I she didn't mess out of ten other dudes. She she's saying the only reason she keeping this baby is because she's tired of getting abortions. Like, don't nobody need to know all of that. Yeah, I feel like I, I followed this um, their story. Probably I haven't watched the show, but I have followed it a little bit more than I probably should. I feel like in certain in some interviews, Krishan's like. Um, basically promoting seeing that she wants to be better she wants to be with him but mm-hmm. she wants to be better but that he antagonizes her giving her li- uh, liquor or doing things on purpose or he'll say things on purpose I think that Blueface is a textbook narcissist person mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. he's a narcissistic person I do feel like he loves Krishan but just based upon some of the relationships that I've seen and honestly kind of been in as a younger adult because they're young adults um, I really see that like Krishan is a mess and she's got a lot of demons and she's got a lot of things that she's dealing with on the inside. She really didn't need Blueface to bring it out because obviously she ended up on that little show that he had for a reason, fighting girls or whatever. So that starts there. But like with him, he is narcissistic. He thinks he got money. All these girls want to sleep with him, all of these things. So he's making Krishan feel like I'm the gift. I fuck with you because I, I mess with you because I want to mess with you. I don't have to. You see all these other girls, and so you need to keep doing what you're doing, such as making me money and doing whatever I tell you to do in order to keep me around. Or I'm gonna act like I don't want to be with you. I think that the other women that try to deal with Blueface just make it worse. His mom makes it worse. All of them make it worse. But the only difference with Krishana is she can't be bullied because she'll fight you because she. she can't be bullied to a certain extent you can say a lot of things and whatever but like where he fucked up at is she's not afraid to hit you she's not afraid of you whatsoever like not at all so you can continue to do the stuff that you do i think it's almost like i gotta stay with this girl because she gonna fight and do all types of crazy shit if i don't and then i feel like she feels like he's a prize to a certain extent yeah. yeah, what Vic said. Yeah, is that's like... a, a very, very good observation. <laughs> yeah, <we agree> <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm like, I look at this and I'm like, this is so ignorant. Like when he she was getting kicked off 
the one episode and she was screaming yeah. on his name and the other dude is chiming in I was he's like, chiming oh. in like they egging her on it's like you letting this nigga antagonize your girl that just lets me know they doing this shit for views because ain't no nigga of mine gonna let me get kicked off and I'm like babe come on babe and it's just like yeah get her out of here nigga what Nigga, what? Oh, you come like, back home, you ain't gonna have no home. It's gonna be Lisa, Lisa oh, Lopez part two. Don't um, fucking play with me. Yes, exactly. That's how I feel. Like, excuse me? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And then he's talking. Yeah, and I, I couldn't. I cannot. Yeah. And I know she got them hands because I watched what, Baddies? What was it? Baddies of the South? Yeah. Girl, she... Whew. Why, why would you like why would you mess with that girl she will beat you up like she's willingly she walking around with a missing tooth to let you know i don't care i don't care did y'all see how she punched the girl on the red carpet it was like a clip so she said she was pregnant, got into a fight with the whoever she got into a fight with. Then the next day she was on the red carpet for some premiere or some show and she touched her old stylist. And then oh, she, no. like, I was like, if somebody don't give this girl a boxing contract, somebody please. Somebody please. Somebody said they want to see them both fight in the ring. Count her and Blueface. And he what said MMA fighting? She need to do that. Show do MMA fighting. <laughs> She she can knock out that one girl. What's the girl that the white chick Rousey something Rousey the girl who got yes yes <laughs> fight her. But somebody was like, I want you and Blueface to get in the rank as much as I be fighting. He was like, Fuck it, I'll fight her. With nothing. It's just like, why would you say that? Like somebody's jokingly saying that. He was like, Shit for the money. Damn right, I get in the rank and fight her. And it's like, nigga, why? No, <laughs> just say it. That is hilarious because he was really, I feel like he didn't want to fight the other dude that wanted to fight him academics or something like that. But then oh, he came yeah. out and say he'll fight for Sean. Like something's really wrong. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly uh-huh. what happened. He was like, no, what? No. Yeah, he said, no, I think he said he wants to fight academics. Academics was like, I'll fight you. No, wait, no, never mind. I want to fight you. Because academics ain't got hands. He had all the energy for little baby because he think little baby's skinny. Them skinny niggas not fight. Little baby was eat your ass up. Academics was trying to fight little baby. Man, hell yeah. He was it's like he was scared of he was scared of me meals. This girl, like a few months ago, they still kind of got a lingering beef because you know, academics just be talking like a little biatch sometimes. He be having points sometimes, but he be talking like a little biatch and be inserting himself in shit that he don't need to. And I guess something happened with well little baby, him and little baby was going back and forth, and look, and he was like. He was like, see the address. I'll come to you. You know, little baby is real short. That nigga, a nigga who ain't got shit to say, <laughs> that nigga got that nigga gonna show you with his fucking hands. I got my bet my money on fucking uh little baby, but he ain't had that energy for Meek Mill. Why why? Why? That man may be small, but he that that's a nigga that look like that nigga look like a goddamn pit bull. Why would you want to fight that nigga? That <laughs> he got his teeth fixed. Hold on. They got his teeth fixed. <laughs> Yeah, I, he's I, cool. He, but you know, mugs have energy for what they want to have energy for. But yeah, Christian and Blueface, they need help. They need on the show. It's like they 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 went to therapy, and it's with an actual therapist because he got his own show. It's a uh, merge bootcamp. It's Doctor U O I some. It's a, the black ball guy. They went to therapy on their show. I just seen a clip. I don't watch the show, but I'm like, 
sometimes I think like that's that shit got to be for fame because y'all are legit right there with a therapist and he why ain't y'all doing better and this shit was probably recorded a few months ago y'all not seeking help y'all seeking attention mm-hmm. I also think that you got to remember like when the last time you heard a blue face song bust no. down Tatiana Mm. What was that like? Mm. 16, 17, like I don't know. The remix go hard with Cardi. Oh my god! Mommy, I the point. <laughs> when is the last time you heard a Blueface song? Like he's he is a trash rapper, so he's not a good rapper. You don't dance. You have no no stage presence. So even if and he rap off beat, the beat real bad. But all I have to say, like he he's trying to stay relevant as much as possible. I think that's really what it is. Um, which is why he's fucking with this girl head like this. I don't think she's solely the problem, but I definitely think he is using that anger that she has and that trauma that she has. And like uh, like Misha said, he's like pretty much like a narcissist, and he's he's just fueling that because as long as he's seen, he's happy. Doesn't matter how it looks or what what they say. Good publicity, bad publicity. At the same, at the end of the day, it's all publicity. And that's all uh-huh. that's for sure, for sure. Yeah, Just uh, pray for him. She, she, she claimed to be so spiritual and in the God, but mm, God ain't leading you back to that man. You want to do with God. God is telling you leave him alone. It's, it's going to take something traumatic to separate it. Very tragic. I think so. Mm-hmm. Somebody go. I hate to say it. It's probably. Go, it's, it seems like it will end up in death because she don't know how to let go. He didn't offer her money to like leave him alone. She said no, but she was also under the influence. Now he probably even got that money to offer her. I'm sure now. She, if he said, "I got a million dollars, if you leave me alone," she'll probably be like, "Bet, nigga." You offer her twenty five thousand. She's like, "No, I'm good. Not enough." Yeah. No. Even though a nigga showing you he don't want to be with you. Oh, right. Because how long they've been together, and you and he's still popping out babies, still popping out babies. <laughs> mm, I think he got I two with his baby mama. Got a whole bunch he, of just had, he just had, you know, because he just had one. Yeah, he just had yeah, that baby really? a couple months ago. Yes, he just had a baby a couple months ago by the oh, same baby mama, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. I know broke niggas that be having kids, so I don't think it matter about if you got money to have kids or not. Because <laughs> wow. they, they got kids everywhere. And they ain't got no money. That's true. Zero dollars. Zero. Mm-mm-mm. You know what to say about... I just think that Blueface is just like... He's just, you know, a, a hood dude with money. Really. Yep. Like, and, apparently he ain't uh, even that hood supposedly right. like you're just an <laughs> idiot with money and Krishan I don't know who decided to give her a bag but that was the wrong thing to do but she's going to go down to like reality TV royalty she's always going to be able to go out and make money she's going to be like New York and you know because she's just done so much and even on that and she's the whole reason people watch it really? I would say her music I don't listen to it regularly but it's better than Blueface that new song they got, I listened to it because it was on Instagram. That nigga rapped off B. All he doing is telling his side of the story like he in court. Isn't He's legit not making up the rhyme. I'm sorry I hit your daddy, but he hit me first. Okay. 
That's what he said, y'all. He said, I'm sorry I hit your daddy, but he hit me first. He had it coming. Okay, so none of that rhymed. Okay, I guess. I'm confused. I'm weak. That's crazy. Okay. I mean, we had this conversation outside of recording in the booth. Why are you telling we we I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. His music's not the best. I say Tatiana feature and Cardi is his uh probably best record and only good record. And yeah, that's yeah. all I got to say about that. Well, thank you so much again, Misha, for coming on to the Black Millennial Mamas podcast and um, being so vulnerable and open with telling your story. Go ahead and promote everything you got going on, um, you know, your page, anything. Just just uh, promote yourself, girl. So, well, thank you guys for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. So some things that I'm doing this year is I created a Facebook, or excuse me, an Instagram page. It's at Growing. Um, I created that to kind of use that as a blog, also use it as a podcast of my own and just talk about things that I feel other women like myself are going through, things that, I've, um, that I'm working through, just kind of working through my stuff as I go. And so if there's anybody else out there that's going through anything similar like me, you can totally follow me. You can converse, feel free to write me, whatever you feel. But um, yeah, so I'm kind of doing a podcast slash blog type of thing. Just follow me on Instagram at Hood Girl Growing, YouTube at Hood Girl Growing. And I do also have a TikTok at Hood Girl Growing. So sometimes when I have little things that I want to just say real quick, I'll do them. So yeah. Well, we will make sure that we follow you on that because we're uh well Vic is like the TikTok queen, but I'm really just getting on there and figuring out everything. So uh I'll make sure that I follow you. And again, thank you so much. You know, a lot of women can definitely learn from your story and how to move forward with dealing with uh some uh so much tragic that you had encountered. So uh, thank you listeners for tuning in. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Black Millennial Mamas. This is Bree, Tasha, and Vic, and our guest, Misha Pitts. We are out, y'all. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Bye.